it's going to be really interesting to see what kind of shape he shows up in because, you know, no one's seen him for two years. Is he, you know, is he, is he in shape? Is he college game ready? We have absolutely no idea until that gets figured out. It's, it's hard to predict what kind of impact he's going to have on this really talented receiver room. And they're still after another talented guy in Keon Coleman. To me, it's a little unrealistic to see him have any kind of impact on this year's team. But like mm -hmm. Dustin said, going forward in the years in the future, there's going to be plenty of opportunity for him to, to shine. Hey guys, it's Terrence Nan. You're listening to Hear the Spear presented by No Game Day. Go Dose. Hey, what's up? This is Peter Ward, aka E Dub, in the house. So we're listening to Hear the Spear presented by No Game Day. Go live, go Nose. Hi, this is Charlie Ward, and you're listening to Hear the Spear, go Nose. This is Terrell Fuckley. You're listening to Hear the Spear presented by No Game Day. No bloody. But perhaps better known as the greatest corner to ever step on a football field, Deion Primetime Sanders. The great Deion Sanders, my brother. What's going on, man? I, I could wake up to that greedy every day, man. That was awesome. Hello, those fans. This is former Seminole Derek Brooks, and you're listening to Here's the Spear, presented to you by No Game Day. James Wilder Jr. What's going on, James? Thanks for having me on. SSOD, Florida State or Die, and go no. William Barnon Floyd. Gentlemen, what's up? What's happening, guys? This is Logan Robinson from Here the Spear, presented to you by NoelGameDay.com. We are here on a live, wonderful Wednesday evening, and it's beautiful. A lot of excitement, a lot of fun stuff to talk about this evening. Just looking at our title, there's nothing better than discussing this, what we've been doing for the last two, most feels two and a half years. But with me this evening is Dustin Lewis at the very bottom, our editor-in-chief and then at the top with me is Austin Beasy, our lead basketball writer for nolgamey.com. Gentlemen, good evening. Happy Wednesday. How are you guys doing? Doing great. The The saga of Destin Hill continues. Uh, I, I, I don't know. I can't believe it's been two years. <laughs> We've, we might finally have a resolution to this. Like Maybe. how you say might. Let's wait until yeah, that's what I'm saying. Maybe. Wait until he gets here for sure. Let's take a couple pictures. Even then, I'm thinking, let's wait until fall camp just to make sure he walks onto the practice fields. And yeah, I just like who at, at this point, who knows? We, we've been doing this for two years. <laughs> More than two years. Well, before we jump into that full-on discussion, let's jump into a couple of the topics that we'll be going through throughout the evening. First off, we're going to talk, of course, Destin Hill slash Pizone. Whichever name change that we're going to go with, we'll stick with it for the rest of the show. But we're going to talk some Destin. And we're going to talk about how that would potentially impact Florida State's wide receiver room. We're going to talk Keon Coleman, uh, Michigan State. Transfer wide receiver Jalen Key also down to two Alabama and Florida State, a safety from UAB. And then we've got a couple of transfers finding new homes along with Micah Pittman, Bishop Thomas, Matthew Cleveland, and also Stephen Dix Jr. But before we get into the rest of the episode, you can listen to the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify. If you guys are wanting to listen to the audio version, we're all across all those platforms. So make sure you guys go find us on there, subscribe, so you can listen to us all the time as long as you want on your phone. But yeah, appreciate everybody hanging out this evening. If you're in the YouTube chat, Twitter, Facebook, make sure you throw us some comments or topics or questions, and we will try to go through as many as we can. But, gentlemen, let's get started on this wonderful Wednesday. Let's start off. Destin Hill shows up at Florida State University's student directory. This is this is Florida State beat at its finest right here, <laughs> where we're just sitting out 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock, 11.30, just scoping out the student directory for a young person's name to pop up in there. What a time to be alive. What a fun offseason this has been. But, yeah, Florida State 2021 signee. His name is inside of the directory. What does this make you guys feel? How does it feel? Where, where are we at? Are my, we... Fir my first thought was, are we sure this isn't just for online classes? Because that's the only way it could get crazier, right? Like if it's Ooh. just for online classes only? Ooh, that could be fun. And I'm just over here thinking, <clears throat> what if it's someone that just happens to have the, <laughs> the same okay. name? I mean, we see it all the time, you know. There's more than one Tom Brady out there. Is there more than one Destin Pizone? 
it's it's like we were talking about. Until he is in pads on the field, I don't think any of us are going to believe it. Or at least like added to the roster. Yeah. Until there's something official. I mean, I am in total shock that, well, we have to wait till maybe closer to Friday or in the end of the week where we'll have a full-on live stream. I was thinking that we set up a booth out there and we just kind of bring in some guests here and there. Maybe we can use some NIL monies to bring in some current players and then out of nowhere, oh, who's that coming by us? And we get a live shot, CNN, Fox News, everybody's there and we grab it. We're able to take the first image of Destin Hill arriving on Florida state's campus and inside the more, I don't think I'll believe it until I see it with my two eyes though. Like Dustin, Dustin, if you were able to take a photo and you sit into the group chat, like he's here, he's here, he's here. I'm not believing you. I think you could have Photoshopped something. Hey. I don't think you would have Photoshopped it, but you would have had someone else Photoshop it. And with all the AI technology out there, I mean, I, I can do whatever I want. That's right. That's what I'm nervous about. You actually have some different capabilities and have but, some talents now, but yeah, I don't know. He's in a student directory. This mm-hmm. is this is the farthest we can get, you know, until we hear something official or we get a video of Mike Norvell with Destin. I don't know what's going to happen, but just going off of a few things, looking at – well, first, I want to say my Twitter. I tweeted our article this morning about, about him being in the student directory, Florida State's athletic director, Michael Alford, liked that tweet. So that gives me some extra comfort. I don't think Alfred would be Might playing. Might have been an games. accident. He was just scrolling accidentally. <laughs> just accidentally. T- he does like yeah. a lot of my tweets. I don't know if we're flexing. Austin does or not. that to, to uh, dang, I messed the girl's name up. <laughs> oh, jeez. I see. He, I see. He accidentally likes a lot of her pictures. Oh, oh God. Okay. okay, now hold up. About that let's let's reverse funny. course here. Let's reverse course, Dustin. <laughs> Goodness great. I was like literally about to get in contact with him to get him onto the show sometime this offseason, but might have just ruined it there. But yeah, he, he did like that tweet, but more importantly, we're seeing Gritty Vance throw out a couple tweets, and I saw him earlier tweet something about like 20 minutes ago while I was on a show uh, saying something about people are going to eat their words. He said they all got to eat their words eventually. And then about seven hours ago this morning, tweeted a winking emoji with an exclamation point. Greedy Vance, for context, played with Destin in high school. So those two Mm -hmm. very close have stayed close. And, you know, everybody's been trying to pick Greedy's brain on if Destin's going to show. But poor guy, that's probably what he's asked the most out of since he's arrived in Tallahassee. But... Seems like we're getting close, gentlemen. Seems like it's gonna. It seems like it's going to happen. This is just kind of the natural next step, you know. It's been reported that Destin Hill was supposed to arrive at Florida State in May, and now, obviously, the semester um, ended over the weekend. Florida State held their graduation ceremonies for the spring semester, getting ready now to transition into the summer. So I think only naturally, you know, you'd see them update the student directory and. You know, now we see Destin Hill now, as we said earlier, Destin Pazone, which if if everyone, for those who followed him uh, two years ago during the recruiting process, that was what he went by at the time, then ended up switching to the last name Hill for whatever reason. Now it seems like he's back to Pazone. But yeah, listed in the in the directory as a member of Florida State's College of Business and has a major of accounting. So it's going to be interesting to see if he actually does pull up on campus and, you know, definitely going to be out there on the Destin Pazone watch until he actually uh, walks through the doors at the moor. And if he's going to attend cl- classes for this summer, the summer semester starts May 15th, which is Monday. So if he's going to do it this summer, it should happen sooner rather than later. That's for sure. Are you actually going to be out there, Dustin? Are you planning on staking it out a little bit? I've got my tent ready, bought some MREs and got some gallons of water. So, I mean, I'm, I'm really just going to set up shop and <laughs> I don't think I'm going to have it on live stream because no one wants to see me for 24 straight hours, but nope, you're right nor do I don't think you know how to set that up also. Yeah. My phone would definitely die within about an hour. So <laughs> he's, I'll he's leave gonna, that to the professionals, but I'll have my tent. He's going to have a cooler full of just water burger bags ready. Ooh. Yeah. Well, you know, the students are out of town. So right now traffic is at an all-time low here in Tallahassee, my favorite part of the year. So 
I've timed it for it and get to Whataburger in about two minutes and 37 seconds. <laughs> are you actually, are you actually out there though? Are you playing with us? No, I'm going to be out there. I'm looking for okay. it. I, I gotta, right. I'm going to be honest with you guys. I'm not sure. I've got some pictures from him back in high school. Not sure if we've got a hair change or something like that at this point. So I'll just be taking pictures of every single person I see out there. Okay. And I'll just oh, send okay, them to okay, you well, guys and let you decipher is it Dustin Pazone or not? Well, let's get Tommy out there too to help you out. Although Tommy sometimes not thinks that Nick O'Leary is some other person that's, I don't know. Yeah, that's a whole other discussion for our guy. We love Tommy, but uh, might not be the most of help there for you if you're trying to disguise who Dustin is and whenever he arrives into the more. I just want to kind of discuss real quick how this would impact Florida State's wide receiver room after losing Micah Pittman. We'll discuss it now. Going to Utah seemed like that was pretty planned well in advance for, for Micah. Wishing him the best and the opportunity there. Really good program. Uh, but for Florida State specifically, this wide receiver room, with also having Keon Coleman, we're going to talk about that in a minute, but you know, Destin Hill is someone he, – he's a, he's a playmaker. He's an explosive wide receiver. You know, it's just so hard. I don't think anybody's been able to do this, but have to describe someone two years after not seeing, like literally seeing their face or anything. But just going off of high school tape, how fun it was to talk about him and talk about the addition he was going to be in that 2021 class for Florida State and Magnervelle, the elusiveness, the playmaking ability, a, a way to stretch your offense. And that's exactly what Magnervelle wanted with Destin in that class. Didn't end up happening, obviously, but – how do you think this would impact Florida State's current wide receiver room with Johnny Wilson being your leading guy, Kentron, you know, being an absolute beast this spring for Florida State, and then you've got another guy that can be explosive with Ja'Kai Douglas. You know, what, what about this wide receiver room if Destin Hill arrives, actually? I'm very interested to see how it plays out, you know, because obviously – this guy hasn't been on the football field now in two-plus years. We're not quite sure what he's been doing in the meantime, what kind of shape he's going to come into at Florida State. So I think that's something to remember. He's definitely going to have to shake off some rust a little bit as he gets back into it, um, training more consistently at the college level, getting into practice uh, with Florida State whenever fall camps begin. So, I mean, there's definitely going to be a curve, in my opinion, for Destin Hill. But at the same time, like you said, I mean, an extremely talented player, back in high school, um, had 33 catches for 806 yards and 15 touchdowns as a senior. That's almost a, a touchdown per every two catches, um, over 24 yards a catch. I mean, this guy is a true playmaker, um, and he plays a lot of outside receiver. So I don't know how it necessarily affects Florida State this season, but as time goes on, and especially the long term, because um, Pazone expected to – begin his college career with full eligibility remaining. So four years, five years to play at Florida State. It's going to be interesting to see as as he progresses, as he gets back into the grind a little bit. But Florida State, you know, in need of some help at slots. I mean, if he was to come in and start being a little bit impactful out of the gate, maybe that helps Florida State in the slot a little bit as far as pushing a guy like Vandravius Jacobs inside, someone who played a lot of outside receiver during the spring, but I mean, has the potential to flash all across the board out there for FSU. It's going to be really interesting to see what kind of shape he shows up in because, you know, no one's seen him for two years. Is he, you know, is he, is he in shape? Is he college game ready? We have absolutely no idea until that gets figured out. It's, it's hard to predict what kind of impact he's going to have on this really talented receiver room. And they're still after another talented guy in Keon Coleman. To me, it's a little unrealistic to see him have, any kind of impact on this year's team. But like mm -hmm. Dustin said, going forward in the years in the future, there's going to be plenty of opportunity for him to, to shine. Our guy, Brian Stork, former 2013 national champion, Remington award winner, Super Bowl champion with Tom Brady, making sure he gets the most important questions asked via Facebook. Brian is asking, are you a honey butter chicken biscuit kind of guy from Waterburger, Dust Dustin? I'm a whole menu kind of guy. <laughs> 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 that's, that's for damn sure honestly that's for damn sure but just to stick with Pazone you know I think it's really important for fans obviously you know 
a lot of speculation surrounding what's been going on the last two years and now a lot of hype anticipation as a Florida State's top-rated signee from the 2021 class finally appears to be coming here on campus in Tallahassee to get ready to begin his career. But I just think, you know, you can't really have any expectations for the guy out of the gate. You know, got to give him a real chance to rebound here, get back into the swing of things. And, I mean, there's a lot of potential there, but two years away from the game, you never really know how that's going to go. But at the same time, I think it says a lot about what Florida State thinks of Pazone, for them to stick with him through this entire process over these two years. And, I mean, even now when they have, like Austin said before, so many experienced wide receivers, guys that have played before coming back, some really promising true freshmen. Maybe you're going to get a guy like Keon Coleman out of the portal, depending, depending on how things play out. So, I mean, for them to have all that talent in the fold and still want to bring him in, I think it says a lot. It definitely does say a lot. I agree with you, Dustin. That's a good point because Florida State and what Mike Norvell is trying to bring in in these recruiting classes is playmakers. And that was going to be specifically one of his biggest that he was going to bring in and specifically going into Louisiana and grabbing him, bringing him all the way to Tallahassee. That was going to be a massive – it was a massive grab. He, he still – committed signed I guess type of deal and you know just never was able to arrive but you know if Florida State's this thing ends up happening then that's a that's a big grab for Florida State and you know I know there's reports left and right that he's he's stayed in shape yada 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 but mm-hmm. everything's been really just shut down a little bit so I think we're just going to take it off of our own two eyes and what we end up seeing and you know right now in this offseason it's kind of a quiet mode so this will allow Destin to come in and work out with coach storms and work on his body and do whatever it's needed to be done and also start building chemistry with the quarterback room and we'll see how this affects 2023 you know he, he can easily red shirt and that would be nice and you know of course you would like to have the coaching staff give him some opportunities if that's the, if it's the right time for him but I think it's good to just let it let it kind of just do its own thing and, and see what ends up happening like Austin was saying earlier this wide receiver room is stacked with talent you know what you're getting going into this 2023 season already but it is it's even nicer to know that Destin Hill is able to be on that roster that you can develop and have for years to come. I think the bigger question is how much does it does it impact the 2024 recruiting class? Because there's there's four guys that could play receiver in that class. Does it maybe scare one of those guys to go play somewhere else because of lack of playing time? It'll be something to monitor for sure. Because like you said, Florida State uh, four four star wide receivers committed at the moment too that they were able to get into the fold last month. So and I mean they're still. Looking at some other guys as far as wide receivers in that 2024 recruiting class might even look to maybe take a fifth or maybe it sticks at four now with uh, Destin Pizone maybe officially in the fold. I, I don't want to say for sure. We're going to see in a couple of days. I don't want to call this over finalized yeah. until it actually is. But, um, yeah, we'll we'll see how it plays out for Florida State. You know, if he does come on to scholarship, I think we were talking about it last week. I had Florida State at 80 out of 85, so this would – in my projection, you know, give or take here, give or take a few, um, I would have Florida State at 81 out of 85 scholarships. So about four spots remaining for Florida State to kind of work with in the transfer portal or at the junior college ranks. And we know of at least three guys that they're pretty heavily pursuing and Keon Coleman, who we mentioned earlier, Jalen Key, and uh, the JUCO safety that we talked about a little bit last week, Ashlyn Barker, who will be in for an official visit starting on Friday. Jump into some Keon Coleman and move on from Pazone slash Hill. Uh, you know, just recently visited Florida State over this past weekend. Talented wide receiver, put up great numbers last year and would statistically come in and be a one and two kind of guy for Florida State. But visits Florida State had some great some great photos with Mike Norvell and the coaching staff, was wearing the all-white, so that usually just going off trends means good things for Florida State. But how'd things go? I know Dustin, he didn't want to specifically do an open public interview, but there is uh, one or two out there now. And also right now as we speak is with Lane Kiffin at Ole Miss visiting and, you know, you know, Lane Kiffin is a guy that likes to do a lot of different things in the recruiting <laughs> side. So he's going to definitely entertain Keon here and we'll see what they want to do NIL related, but just going off of this last visit, 
you know, what are you thinking out of that, D'Lo? Sounds like things uh, went pretty well. I think coming into the weekend, this was uh, a recruitment that Florida State kind of wanted to lock down a little bit. They didn't want to let Keon Coleman leave Tallahassee without a commitment. Obviously, that didn't happen, and now he's expected to take uh, a couple more visits, like you said, at Ole Miss now and may go see a couple of other places before we get a decision from him. But, I mean, I, I really think Florida State did basically all that they could on this trip, spent a lot of time along alongside Mike Norvell, obviously with, with David Johnson, um, his recruiter in high school, who uh, recruits the state of Louisiana, um, Ron Dugans as well. So, I mean, the, the guys that he was able to build relationships with back during the high school recruiting process were constantly with him attached to the hip. You know, we talked about those relationships um, on the show last week a little bit. Mike Norvell even personally drove him to uh, dinner on Sunday. So Keon, actually, he didn't get in until Friday night. Um, his visit really began on Saturday. That was the first time he came over to campus. And then he actually ended up departing from Tallahassee all the way on Monday morning. So, I mean, they were able to have him around for uh, quite some time. And I think Florida State did make an impression here. But I, I do get the feeling, you know, it's definitely going to come down to uh, some stuff in the NIL market as well as some other factors here to eventually land Coleman. But I, I think Florida State, you know, Johnny Wilson was his player host, a transfer wide receiver who didn't have a lot of production um, during his career at Arizona State before transferring in and having a breakout season for FSU last year. And I believe he was able to meet with Jordan Travis um, as well. So, I mean, we'll see if those uh, – see if those things have some impacts on Keon moving forward and the rest of his recruitment and how this one shakes out. Yeah, I think for now, Florida State fans should feel a little bit more secure on the NIL front, Dilu. Would you agree on that? Just feeling when you're going into a recruitment like this, it's been a whole 180 from last year to now because beforehand you were thinking, oh, Florida State fans, oh my goodness, money's involved here. We're out of it. We're screwed. Not any chance whatsoever, but with mm -hmm. what Florida State's been able to do inside the program and then linking out to the collective surrounding it, it's put Florida State in a nicer spot and FSU fans feel pretty pretty comfortable. And definitely, I think just going off of just straight up football chatter, because we got to actually do that. I think just looking at Ole Miss, they got Jackson Dart, Spencer Sanders, and then also uh, former five-star uh, quarterback Walker Howard that they got from the transfer portal. I, just going mm -hmm. off of that and then comparing that to what Jordan Travis is, and you've got a quarterback that is has shown experience. He's shown that he can be a playmaker and he can also get the ball to you and he can get it get it to you in a variety of different ways. He's going to keep looking downfield. And for a, a playmaker that is going to have a lot of chances for one-on-one -on -one opportunities, I, I would think Keon would would – lean more in that way than anything. And maybe there's some talk and chatter that he wants to be wide receiver one. He wants to be that, that solo dolo guy. But I think in today's football, that doesn't need to be the case. And if you're looking at some, some guys going into this 2023, 2024 NFL draft, you know, there's Johnny Wilson's going to have a chance at that, but other guys around him, isn't going to hurt that possibility um and that's just how college football is nowadays and that's what that's i think that's what mike norvell is going to easily tell him you know we've got jaheem bell we've got a variety of different weapons surrounding us but we can utilize you in a lot of different ways and i think the biggest thing we can we can rely on you and i think that's something that you can't say that much off of johnny wilson thus far yeah he can make some there, there's plays that johnny wilson made last year yes but there is still question marks on consistency catching the ball. And that still was a thing early on in, in, in spring camp. And it happened last year of dropping uh, potential touchdowns. Um, Keon Coleman has some really nice hands. Yeah, I, I do think that's going to be a big part of this for Florida State. Like I said, pitching that Coleman is going to come in and play with an elite quarterback because all the signs point to him leaving Michigan State because of the quarterback play there. And Michigan State, I, I can't recall – the receiver's name but they had a receiver go out who you know maybe thought he was going to be a first round pick and that didn't end up happening and uh, some of that backlash kind of falling on the quarterback uh, Peyton Thorne who I believe has landed at Auburn so I mean Coleman looking to go somewhere where there's an upgrade at quarterback and arguably when you look at the teams involved in his recruitment it looks like Florida State has the best one. Jaden Reed was the name you're looking for? Thank you. Nice. 
We'll see. We'll see what ends up happening. And I'm guessing he's going to want to make that decision before the end of the month. Seems so. I think so. Yeah. That would make the most sense. So we'll keep a close eye on that. Make sure you guys are on our Discord. It's a link down below on our YouTube and on the podcast platforms. A link is given to you guys. So if you guys want to join that, it's free. Continuously talking about transfer portal stuff and a lot about Keon Coleman and also this guy named Jalen Key, a UAB safety transfer with some experience. Also ties to the Tallahassee area, playing at Gobby behind a guy named Corey Fuller. But uh, he just wrapped up also his visit this last weekend at Florida mm-hmm. State. Goes back to Alabama. Seems like it's going to be between Alabama, Florida State specifically, maybe Ole Miss in there. But how, how do you think that weekend went? We actually got to hear from him, D'Lou. Well, Florida State made a pretty good impression here, like you said, someone with ties to this area. So, I mean, coming back home, a little bit for him and and actually you know when he arrived on campus on friday afternoon had mom and dad um with him they actually had Corey fuller out there along with uh mike norvell to meet him when he arrived so i think that was a pretty cool moment that he wasn't really expecting at the time and was also able to spend some time i believe around uh darrell jackson the two know each other both kind of from uh the, the quincy area even though um key played his high school football like you said over over at godby but, I mean, yeah, this is one where Florida State, you know, really right in that pitch of the role that he could play in, in, in 2023 along this defense. And, I mean, whether that's somehow getting into the starting lineup if he was to come to Florida State and have a solid camp or just being a guy in the rotation. I, I think it's clear after we talked about it on the show last week with Amarion Cooper and Travis Jay moving on, Florida State has got to find something, some kind of help at safety because you've only got two guys that have played legitimate snaps in their careers. I mean, KJ Kirkland looked pretty good during spring camp, but I don't think you want to rely on a true freshman that early in his career. And I mean, same thing with Conrad Hussey, who is going to get here to Florida state um, in June. So you, you need some help there in the back end. And that's kind of what Florida state is pitching to Jalen key, come in, play immediately. And you might even be able to go to the NFL. I mean, Seminoles just put one, put a guy in the, in the NFL named Jamie Robinson, a, a safety. So, I mean, we'll see, We'll see how it goes. I didn't like that he went back to Alabama for a second visit. That was another thing that we mentioned last week. I, I thought it was an official visit to Alabama, but I guess his first trip over there was an unofficial. Then he came to Florida State for the official visit Friday to Sunday and then went back to Alabama now on an official visit on Monday and Tuesday. So we're going to see how this one works out. It sounds like a decision is to come in the near future, but I'm the type of person I always kind of lean with the last program to get the visit. And I I feel like if Alabama is pushing really hard here in this recruitment, it's going to be hard for Key to turn down the Crimson Tide, even though he does have the hometown ties to Florida State. It's a position that is desperately needed for depth. Like you you need that. You need it badly. And just going off of Keon Coleman and – now, Keon Coleman is a better talent than Jalen Key if you're just going off positions and, you know, what their impact's going to be in 2023. It's a whole different variety of – that's a whole different discussion. But for need, I need a, I need a safety. I need a safety in there. I got to build some depth, man, because it, it's thin if you're looking at some youngsters trying to get some – having to get some playing time in 2023, and you just cannot rely on that when you're trying to make a massive run this upcoming season. So you're trying to add in some – experience and you know that's the main thing there and if there were some other options or florida state were what was per chance pursuing then yeah that would be a little bit different but florida state needs a guy and then you know luckily has those local ties but whenever you like you were saying dustin going back to alabama again mm. and then wanting to make a decision possibly in the next 48 hours is just a little concerning i think for florida state's sake it's pretty much how I'm feeling about it because, uh, you know, why why would he go back on an official visit to Alabama after just recently seeing them on a multi-day trip, you know? And this is a guy also who, like we said, played at UAB. So, I mean, pretty close to the uh, – where would it be? I can't even think of the, Tuscaloosa? the name. The, the Tuscaloosa area. Thank you, Logan. 
brain is fried. But, yeah, I mean, we're going to see what happens here with Key. I, I definitely think when you're looking – if you're thinking between these two transfers, Keon Coleman and Jalen Key, I agree with you. Uh, Coleman, the better talent, but Key is the greater need at this time with Florida State really needing someone they can slide in there at safety. And, I mean, you've got to think, Akeem Dent was injured at times last year and a little bit limited at some points in this offseason. Cheyenne Brown, I mean, he's still got to make that leap to become a full-time starter at safety. So there are some real question marks now um, in the back end. And, you know, with Florida State, if if they are to lose out on Jalen Key, you know, where do they go from here? Kind of talked about earlier, you've got the, the junior college safety, Ashlyn Barker, coming in for an official visit this weekend. And other than that, you know, I could see them maybe turn into that cornerback room, which is pretty, quote unquote, you know, stacked with some depth at this time. Maybe look at one of those guys to try and convert to safety a little bit throughout the season. But I mean, it's a it's a position of concern at this point. Yeah, I saw some discussion it was a couple of weeks ago about, you know, Azra Thomas moving back to or not moving back, but moving to the safety position. I don't I don't like that. I'm sorry, but no, no, thanks. And that's just doesn't need to happen. That's just kind of uh, unless the ship is sinking, something dramatically is going on there. I don't think there's any reason to switch up a developmental player that, you know, has a major upside and is continuing to progress at that position just to make a position change in just one season, just to kind of ruin what he has been doing and, and pl- being successful uh, and earned a lot of playing time last year. Then you're going to make a position change on him. I understand that Marion Cooper won just because Florida state didn't feel pretty reliable there with him at cornerback. I know maybe some injuries played a little vital role there, but Marion Cooper never stood out to us. And maybe I don't know, Dustin for you never really stood out to us while I practices at the safety position either. And he ends up, you know, wanting to leave anyways to further his career and go probably back to cornerback, but still, I'm not. I'm, I'm not moving Azrae Thomas's position. I'm not. I'm not doing that. That is absolute desperate mode, in my opinion. I agree. I, I would say the two that I'm maybe looking at is Renardo Green, who has played some safety during his career, and then also Jerry and Jones, who is kind of like a guy you can flex around yeah. a little bit in that secondary. Those are the two names that really pop off the page to me immediately. But I think Florida State would definitely prefer to land someone that can at least provide some depth and then also cross train a little bit, but hopefully keep those cornerbacks at their natural positions as much as possible. Renato was too green, too good a corner last season, especially early on. He's too good a corner to stick back at safety. That's what really makes it a a tough move. Yeah, that's the that's a sticky part about it. You know, like you have a reliable corner, and then out of nowhere you want to put him elsewhere. But you're they did this. And it's crappy situation, you know. Travis yeah. Jade isn't able to do anything in the spring. He was participating. He's looking pretty good, and you know things go backwards for him. And ends up entering the transfer portal. Marlon Cooper's gone. Sidney Williams has been gone. You know that that safety room has just been so thin behind. You know after Jamie leaving too, it's just. Tough, and Akeem Dent just couldn't stay healthy last year. So then you had Shaheen Brown jumping in there, but you really can't rely on players that haven't had a whole ton of experience on a year that you're trying to make a run, definitely in this day of college football where you're having offensive coordinators throwing explosive shots at you left and right. Yeah, it's it's now the weakest position on the roster. And, I mean, you can you can bet that opposing teams are looking at this hole in Florida State secondary and already thinking about ways to test it whenever – uh, those respective games roll around on the schedule. I mean, teams are, are definitely watching this. And unfortunately, I mean, safety is just a premium position in the transfer portal. There's not a lot of guys who are out there who can come in and contribute at Florida State. I mean, that's just kind of how it is at this point in Florida State. They want to go in and bring in the right guy. They're not just looking to bring in a body. I mean, we've seen how that has worked out um, before from the high school ranks and, I mean, also from a couple of guys that have transferred in previously you know this is something that Florida State really wants to hit on so I mean we'll see if maybe some graduate transfers start to hop into the portal now test things out now that graduations are kind of ongoing for the spring but I mean like I said before this is something that Florida State needs to be concerned about it's got to be a priority to get this fixed because I mean on paper this could be a huge hit to the defense that's expected to be pretty darn good in Tallahassee's upcoming season it's going to be interesting to see if they go after that Louisiana safety that just entered the portal, 
who was one of the highest graded portals by PFF last season. He's a little undersized at five eight, but it's also got but, Billy Napier ties. Yeah, but they, they need some talent back there. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I like Quinarius Jones. He showed some some signs, and then you've got Conrad Hussey, who I really do like, and that was a nice grab for Florida State late, late um, in the signing day period. But man, it. It, it, it's tough because you can't rely on, on youngsters to, to do that. And, and you know, with if, if Akeem Dent showed me more last year, then I'd feel more confident. But it's, 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 I don't know. It's interesting. <laughs> Something that's going to have to be fixed, like Dustin was just talking about. It's got to be, it's got to be yeah. fixed. This I mean, time. think about how often Jamie Robinson saved this defense. I was going to say that's years with when there was a running back about to break a, massive run or something i mean you had him coming down from that safety position and, and making that last ditch stop to prevent some touchdowns for florida states i mean you're gonna need you're really gonna need someone to step up at that position let's jump into some more transfer portal stuff we won't spend a whole ton of time here but I just wanted to jump through this in case no one saw and we'll give a take on a few of these but micah Pittman is going to transfer from Florida State to Utah, going to go back from the pack, go back to the Pac-12. Uh, seemed like this was in the works for a good little while now. Um, that didn't take too long for him to find a new home. You know, I'm sure he was getting tons of offers left and right, like he was tweeting, but he's got Utah, and that's a nice program to go to and, you know, just see how healthy he's able to be for them. But... Um, other than that, you've got Bishop Thomas going to join a couple other former Knowles with Deion Sanders in Colorado. Yawn. Yeah, well, I'm, I can't wait for that season to start up there. And, <laughs> and then uh, another one that just happened about an hour ago, Stephen Dix Jr. has selected to go to Marshall. Kalen LeBourne leaves and in comes another Knoll. And Stephen Dix Jr. is going to go play for Marshall. And then probably the most, like, fun one, Twitter having a good time with it. Even Miami's official Twitter is having a tough time slash good time with it. But Matthew Cleveland is going to transfer from Florida State to the Miami Hurricanes after hitting the buzzer beater last season in Miami with the dagger and putting the U down. I guess now the U is up. I I'm still I I still don't know how to feel about it because I'm not I've said it before I'm not his biggest fan, but you don't just go to from Florida State to Miami without good reason. It's just one of those things that just doesn't happen. And I, I David Nichols who played at Florida State made a good point that Miami Florida State's not as competitive basketball wise as it is football wise. The fans are going to care more about this than most of the players will except for Cameron Fletcher, who's gained himself quite a few fans uh, <laughs> these last couple of days with his comments. Can you, um, can you tell us what he tweeted? Uh, he tweeted, hell no, nah, with a thumb down to <laughs> Cleveland's commitment. And then he, and then on Instagram, he said, bro, play, he said, bro's playing for the ops now. Um, <laughs> I like Cam. So like I say, he, he, he's gained some fans. It, mm. It's going to be interesting. Like I said, I think the fans are going to care more. And if the team's halfway decent, by the time Miami comes to Tallahassee, that might be a pretty rowdy environment with with a very raucous uh, atmosphere towards Cleveland. It's hard to blame the kid. I mean, I'm sure he got a heck of a NIL deal out of this one, especially when you look at that top three with Miami and Auburn being involved and um, really seemed like Missouri was there for the ties, obviously, to Dennis Gates and CY, but – I'm sure he got the bag um, for this one, especially with uh, those twins from the women's basketball team over there moving on. So a lot of money, obviously freeing up to go over to Matthew. But yeah, I'm, it's going to be fun to see him come back to the tuck. Obviously, Florida State coming off a pretty poor season, and uh, we're going to see if things begin to improve in 23 to uh, 2024 but I do think whenever Miami comes for their annual visit to Tallahassee I mean Matthew Cleveland is going to be someone heavily targeted by the fan base that, that's that's gonna be a date that the team has circled I can guarantee it yeah. this is a good it's a good way to respark a rivalry you know if you think about who Florida State 
I think they most care about in basketball. It's they want to beat Florida, they want to beat Duke, and they want to beat Louisville. I think those are your top three because that Louisville rivalry goes back to the Metro days, like in the in the seventies and eighties. This is a good way to get basketball involved with with that main rivalry. Uh, we'll see if the team can hold up there in the bargain and be decent. Um, but yeah, that, that that's a game I'm gonna have to be at. I'm gonna have to come back down to Tallahassee for that one because that's gonna be a uh, very interesting matchup for sure. I'm I'm just hoping if Florida State if they're able to pull off this victory against Matthew Cleveland that they use his own photo against. Oh, I, I can't wait. Tweet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure they will. Honestly, I'm all for it. <laughs> yeah, come on. If not, we'll do it. If not, we'll do it. It would be even better if the official account would. You don't even have to edit it. it. You can just post yeah, the same picture. Same picture that you posted just three months. It's it's crazy that that buzzer beater happened three months ago. He just did a U down three months ago, and then for him to come out and say, "Yeah, as soon as I entered the portal, I wanted to go Miami." I'm like no one's believing that. Come on, man. There's no way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it seemed like a game. He was just playing with everybody. Yeah, I don't know, man. It's gonna be interesting. Very, very interesting. And really, Miami's, you know, they, they've lost a lot of pieces this offseason with Isaiah Wong going to the NBA, Jordan Miller to the NBA, Norchad O'Meara and Nigel Packer up in the air right now. They haven't really filled those spots yet. It may just be Cleveland and a bunch of crap. Who knows? Oh, he's used to we'll that. <laughs> <laughs> no comment. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one thing I want to note on. Uh, real quick, too, we put out a piece about this earlier this week, but uh, CBS Sports putting Florida State in their top 10. Uh, after the spring, it goes and in the head of Clemson, but it goes number one, Georgia, Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State, Washington, Alabama, and then Florida State and LSU, Notre Dame, Clemson. So just looking off of the strength of schedule, which once start once things start slowing down, they most certainly will because the offseason always has its time of just relaxation and boredom. We will be discussing quite a bit of stuff here, but just initially, just knowing Florida State, and it's not official rankings. There's This is just way too early stuff. But just projections-wise, Florida State has a chance of starting their season playing against two teams that are ranked in the top 10. It's, it's to me, what's – going to be most telling is how this team responds to expectations because they really haven't had any before. Yeah. You know, we'll, we'll talk about it more once we get closer to the season, but they have real expectations on them and, you know, they can be able to live up to that pressure or not. We don't really know the answer to that yet because they've never had it. It's a good point. I mean, Florida State is going to have to rise to the occasion because you're looking at um, 2022, you know, everyone was freaking out over the first 10 win season since 2016. And I mean, obviously, well, Deserved, but like you said, the expectations are even greater now for FSU going into 2023 to the point where if they were to win 10 games this upcoming season, you might have some fans call that um, a letdown to the kind of expectations that we're getting, and especially with the amount of guys coming back to Tallahassee, um, the transfers that they have coming in to this program. So I agree with Austin. You know, we're going to see if the Seminoles can live up uh, to the expectations while having some pressure on their shoulders. And I mean, that's definitely an interesting dynamic for this team to kind of tackle after, uh, you know, not being very successful over the last couple of years. Yeah. It's going to be a huge one. It's going to be a lot of having to deal with a lot of weight on your shoulders going into a season that you're expected to fight for the ACC championship. I know, I I think Dabo Sweeney is going to be licking his chops too. I mean, the one thing that I look at Clemson right off the bat is Florida State has not been able to stop Shipley. That's one thing Adam Fuller and them have not been able to do. Debo, uh, about said Debo Samuel. Dabo Sweeney has had their number on that defense with Will Shipley at at the running back position, and he's not going anywhere. You know, this will hopefully be his last season with the Tigers – and it should be just off of his talents. Dude looks like a young Christian McCaffrey, but um, you know, you're going to be facing not only two really good teams right off the bat, but it's like so early in the season, which has its pros and its cons, of course, but it is no easy 
stretch and task for Florida State going into this season at all. But you're looking at a, a, a it's it's a definite top ten matchup between Florida State and LSU and Orlando, which should be absolutely gigantic. I think on the bright side, when you're looking at that Clemson matchup, is Florida State hasn't been dominated per se by Clemson over the last couple of years. I mean, they had the lead in the fourth quarter in Death Valley two years ago. Obviously, Clemson Clemson ended up coming up out or out on top, but I mean. FSU gave him a heck of a fight. And then, I mean, last year as well, we talked about it, that middle eight really ended up killing FSU with Clemson dominating uh, during that period. But, I mean, outside that, Florida State played a pretty clean game. So, I mean, it really feels like you're a couple of possessions, a couple drives, a couple of plays. If they go the other way, Florida State maybe wins one of these past two years, maybe both of these past two years. I think – you know, you've got to have a little confidence going to play this team with the amount of guys you have coming back that have played them before. And I think also for Florida State, you know, they're fed up of Clemson. I, I think they're pretty pissed off that they let the last two games get away. And, I mean, you're really going to see them throw a heck of a punch whenever they travel up there to uh, play the Tigers in September. It really not even a couple plays from beating the last year. It was one play last year. If they connect on that, that corner end zone pass to Johnny Wilson late in the game, or early in the first, fourth quarter, there's a real argument they win that game. I mean, a real argument. And uh, on the other side with Clemson, the one thing you don't have to worry about anymore is DJ Uyunglele's legs. You know, Florida State's been susceptible to those running quarterbacks, and DJ was able to do that. He's not there anymore. It's Kate, it's Kate Klubnik. So maybe a little bit of something to, to, to ease the defense of mind, but we'll worry more, more about that in, you know, four months. And honestly, I mean, this is really Florida State's best chance to snap that losing streak in quite some time. Like you said, with Clemson still kind of breaking in club Nick a little bit. And at the same time, Florida State having experience on both sides of the ball coming into this matchup. If they don't do it this year, who knows when they will. Yeah, we'll be up there for that one. Oh, that yeah. should be, I'll be that's going to be the first time since 2013 up there in Clemson. I, so. I was there I was there in the last game in Death Valley. Oh oh yeah yeah you were there. Yep you were there two years ago. Yep. It should be should be a fun one in every area. That's the good thing when Florida State's back everybody's watching. So it'll be fun to cover those. Anything left for you guys on your end? There's nothing else basketball wise VZ right after uh, Matthew Cleveland's yeah, departure I, to the I, Coral Gables. I, I I'll note on Julian Phillips real quick. He entered the transfer portal from Tennessee, old friend in the recruiting cycle from last season, former five-star wing. Five, former five-star wing. Good Lord. Um, uh, I'm not expecting Florida State to pursue heavily. They don't have any spots open right now, so unless something changes in the next 28 hours when the portal closes, not really worth talking about. Uh, I'm going to assume he's going to either Auburn or Miami, but we'll see what happens. Yeah, only thing I really have is just saying uh, keep an eye on, on Keon Coleman, maybe taking another visit as well as well as Jalen Key's uh, possible decision coming up here in the next uh, two to three days. Um, we'll be on Destin Hill Watch at, at the end of this week, also out there to um, check out Ashlyn Barker as he comes in for his official visit to Florida State, a potential option there at safety for the Seminoles. So, yeah, definitely a couple of things to stay tuned on uh, this weekend. Do we talk about Dylan Givens getting his camp invite? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I got invited to the Colts rookie mini camp, which will be happening. If it's like the Bucks schedule, it should be happening on Friday. But good for him getting an opportunity. I think he was, like we talked about, weighing his options. I'm sure he heard from a couple of – uh, organizations and was able to make his pick there. And, you know, it seems like he's got a good opportunity up there with the Colts. So we'll see what ends up happening. There's when I think of Colts, I think offensive linemen. So I'm and, hoping that and he's got, well he's got him. connections there. He played with Quentin Nelson at Notre Dame. Their assistant mm-hmm. O-line coach is a former teammate of his at Notre Dame. So a little bit of familiarity there for him. Yep. Back in, back in Indiana. And I'm sure like you, like you noted Austin with him playing at Notre Dame for, um, I believe it was four seasons. I'm sure that the Colts were able to scout him, you know, being being in that proximity, that local area a little bit. So, I mean, we'll see how it works out as he makes his transition to the next level. Logan, you kind of said it, but three-day rookie mini, three-day rookie mini camps uh, coming up for teams 
across the league. So we'll see if Gibbons and these other guys that have gotten tryout invites to camps are then signed to the 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 90-man roster once those conclude. Before we jump off of here, make sure you guys, if you would, it'd be awesome. If you hit the like button, if you're on YouTube still, would appreciate it. We had crazy amount of views last week, so that goes with a lot of y'all just hitting that like button. It helps us a ton and allows for a lot of new people to come into the chat and give us some good topics and conversations and questions. So appreciate everybody hanging out with us this last week and also this evening. Know a little bit more of a shorter show, but hoping to bring on some guests to help us throughout the rest of this off season. I'll mention real quick too, a pretty cool day for us as well for the game day media uh, group. We just launched our third website. We've got no game day bucks game day. And now we have MMA knockout has been working on it for about seven months now, but have an entire team going as we speak, covering the entire UFC and MMA sport. I know this is definitely a football crowd, but, a lot of the times it integrates close with football just because of how physical each sport is. So if you like MMA news, UFC, everything about it, we've got a team that is absolutely killing it right now. Super excited about the future with that. But uh, it's something that we've been trying to keep quiet about for a long while now, but uh, super appreciative to our, to our friends at Sports Illustrated, the arena group, giving us this opportunity. And also, at the very beginning of this, giving us an opportunity with Noel Game Day signing us and giving us a platform to really go full hands on this thing and give better coverage to you guys. So, cool, cool kind of moment for us here. Just been working on this for quite a, quite a, quite a long while here. But just to start expanding into a different sport is something that is a little nerve-wracking, but I have some really high confidence that we're going to take care of business. So uh, if you like MMA, we're at UFC knockout on Twitter and then everywhere else we are MMA knockout or MMA knockout SI on Instagram. And then we're also on Facebook MMA knockout. So appreciate everybody hanging out with us this evening. You guys are awesome. Uh, We will talk to you guys next week on Wednesday at 7 p.m. Yeah.